Give me your hand. It's red earth. It's in our skin. The Shauna say the color comes from all the blood that's being spilled fighting over the land. This is home. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have with me uh, a, a returning guest who last time I subjected him to fishing talk from Gnome. We will not be doing that today. Gnome has not prepared anything. Uh, otherwise, I would have fucking killed him. So welcome back to the show, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me back. How are you doing? Uh, I cannot complain. Uh, let's, let's, let's start this episode off with a hypothetical. Okay. Let's say you've been a bad girl. Let's say hypothetically you've been a naughty girl even okay and if you were a naughty girl you would also be my dirty little slut right then hypothetically speaking you would be my little cum slut now let's say that you're also daddy's girl now that we've established that you're both a bad girl and daddy's girl then i believe you'd agree with me when i say that you deserve a spanking am i not correct a bad girl deserves a spanking and as i am daddy you are my girl, so I am the one who must provide punishment. I can't. I can't believe you just ambushed me with that. That was. Well, I have, haven't heard that we, in like I don't know how long. We have hard hitting questions that need even harder hitting answers. So, what what would you do if you were hypothetically speaking his naughty little girl? Oh man, I don't know. I guess probably uh, unalive myself or some shit. Probably just kill myself. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a very fair answer. A very fair answer. You will go straight to hell because you are a Catholic and suicide is not okay. But, you know, sir, hard times, difficult times call for even difficult answers to the questions. That's not, that's not how the phrase goes, but I'm absolutely fucking blanking on that because I am a retard. <laughs> uh no it's what the fuck is it it's um something with sir what what the fuck ever man i don't know (laughs) oh man yeah we don't really have any topics planned for today uh this is not an intellectual show even though some people might have been deluded into thinking it possibly could be one day but that that's not what we're doing here that's not what we're doing here we're here to shoot the shit so what the fuck? Orthodox Church is tw- trending on Twitter. Oh, God. Let's see what the orthofags are doing. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, just right out right out the gate hitting them with the orthofag. Uh, it's just a bunch of... What the fuck is this? October 14th, 1949. Death of B.L. Roman Lisco. New martyr. Friar Roman was ordained a married priest by Met Sheptitsky. In 1941, he refused to enter the Russian Orthodox Church in 1946 and was arrested in September 1949. They tortured and immured him into a wall where he starved to death. What? Wow. What the fuck did I just read? Yeah, I got a little bit creative back then, I guess, huh? Um, wow. Wow, that is, that is from Friar 
Alexander Lashuk. Okay, we're uh we're skipping right the fuck over that. I don't know what the hell is going on over there. Uh, have you seen what's been going on with MIA, the uh, singer? MIA, I'm not familiar with that. Who is that? Uh, she did the Paper Airplane song a couple years ago. Paper. I, I'm I'm sure if I heard it, I would hold on. Paper airplanes, you said. Literally the only yeah, paper airplanes. Literally the only song that I've ever heard from her, and she disappeared for years. Hmm. Yeah, I just pulled up the uh, lyrics on Genius. I I I don't think I've heard this <laughs> before. But she uh she has come back to Twitter with a fucking vengeance. I don't know if she was always here, but she has now decided, I think in the wake of all the Kanye shit, to just speak up. Okay. Because she has had some wild tweets. Uh like let's for this. I will not support war for any reason right now due to quote-unquote climate crisis, especially quote-unquote World War III. If this is our reality, then someone needs to get fired, preferably everyone at the so-called quote-unquote top. And then she also tweets out in the same day, First Russia, then Iran, was guessing which other nuclear weapon-owning country next, India or China. Complex narrative. Please leave planes out of this. (laughs) Uh... One listed trait or sign says people judge each other by hairstyles during the dark times of Kali Yuga. Imagine the boom of the hair products market since the ozone layer aerosol days. More plastic and sprays, more stuff, more waste disposal, more photos, more posting, etc. Uh, casually dropping the Kali Yuga is fucking insane because that's like Hindu end times. In the in just in the middle of all of that, like um, that climate. <laughs> Word salad shit. Just drop Kali Yuga and just just drop Kali Yuga. Just pull pull a Julius Evola and just bring up the fucking Kali Yuga. It's uh, like I, I remember the only reason this is popping into my head. My wife and I we've been watching um, Family Guy a little bit recently, and it's got like you remember the smoking episode where they're talking about like um, the subliminal messaging of the smoke of the tobacco industry. It's just this guy, and he just pops up in the middle of the screen and says "smoke," and then the guy, and then for her, just drops Kali Yuga in there, just like it's nothing. Like people aren't supposed to notice that, I guess. And she she quote tweeted Elon Musk on the sixth. So I'm guessing MIA is a, a Hindu, because Elon Musk says on October six, "War is the ultimate supreme court." She just quote tweets and says "Bhagavad Gita." Hell if I know what that means, man. I don't, I don't know either. What I, I see, is... I see her profile on Genius.com. She definitely looks a little Hindu. Bhagavad Gita. Let's see. We're going to learn about Hinduism today. The Bhagavad Gita is the most revered of all the Hindu texts. Uh, it's part of the epic Mahabharata. Chapters 23 to 40 of Book 6 of the Mahabharata called the, Bish, the Vishma Parva. They did the second half. What's a f- what the fuck? I'm not following any of that, really. Wow. I, uninstalling from Sex War Money Reality for a second. Uh, she Good tweets Lord. out, hashtag Julian Assange is not the problem. Uh, Sunday Summary. 
Stop nuclear war, give access to healthy food, clean water, stop corporate property takeover, regenerate dead soil, stop land grabs from farmers, liberate housing market, take world from Klaus, Iranian woman, teen deaths vaccine emoji, free Julian Assange, stop killing Palestinians. Dope. Uh, let's see, she t- tweets out hashtag Vaikunta, and we'll Wikipedia article for it. Uh, Vaikunta in Tamil is the abode of Vishnu, the supreme deity of the Vaishnava tradition of Hinduism, and the consort Lakshmi, the supreme goddess. According to Ramanuja, Paramapadam or Nityavibhuti is the eternal heavenly realm and is the divine imperishable world that is God's abode. In the Vaishnava literature, the Vaikunta is described as the highest realm above the 14 lokas. I know about 14 lokas called the mexican neighbors next door <laughs> i was waiting for that one <laughs> that's true devotees, though that's true it is where the devotees of lord vishnu go upon liberation it is guarded by twin deities jaya and vijaya very original very. Uh, the plants of vaikunta are described to be full of golden palaces and hanging gardens that grow fragrant f- fruit and flowers what the fuck is going okay l- let's look up who the fuck mia is uh m Period I A rapper. Uh what's her real name? Matangi Maya Arupragasam. Are you sure you're not Indian, man? You're pronouncing that like pretty solidly. Well, you know, I've I've done a lot of JJ impressions and really it's uh I've taken it to heart. So yeah, Matangi Maya Aru Arul Pragasam, also known by her stage name MIA. An initialism for Missing in Action and Missing in Actin is a British rapper and singer. Her music combines elements of alternative, dance, electronic, hip-hop, and world music. Okay. Uh, as a child, she she looks pretty good for 47, I must say. But She's 47? She's 47. Wow. I would not have... I would not have guessed that. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, she tweets out on the 12th, What the fuck is culture? Uh, what's this? So same, same. <laughs> Indian CEO at Google and Indian Twitter CEO should not censor Indian voices who express concerns. This is how I feel about lots of New Age religious stuff too. Most ideas about consciousness predating all other existing religions come from there. It's a fact. Hmm. Uh, okay, interesting. Uh, again, she tweets out about Hinduism. <laughs> she quotes someone saying, a delusion, separateness is not togetherness. She goes, guna, three gunas are sattva, goodness, calmness, harmonious, rajas, passion, activity, movement, tamas, ignorance, inertia, laziness, how people's diets affect the levels of action and thought, what feeds culture. Everyone has all three, but choose to live by one. Hmm. When, when was she saying all of this? This has been in the last two weeks. I probably could go back farther and find more shit, but one of the, one of the funniest things, apparently, in a I'm on her Wikipedia page right now. In a 2022 interview, she revealed that in 2017 she became a born again Christian, stating, "I saw the vision of Jesus Christ." Huh? And Good she's boy. still tweeting about Hinduism. Hey, I mean, you know, we we all got our we all got our thing, I guess. Some of us uh, on her Wikipedia inferior page. deities. <laughs> 
Her social causes says activism, anti-vaccination, and anti-5G, politics, media, philanthropy. <laughs> is this just like oh. Twitter incarnate? Is that what she is? I think so. That's um, wild. She endorsed Jeremy Corbyn. That's not base, but whatever. Uh, she tweeted on the 12th. If Alex Jones pays for lying, shouldn't every celebrity pushing vaccines pay too? And this Ooh. is where the shitstorm kicks off. Because you open that up and everybody is... <laughs> Spinach Broad says, I love your song Paper Planes. Very Kino. And then an Apu holding a coffee mug. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, someone tweets out in reply, Oh, girl, don't do this. We all love your little cash register gun song. Don't ruin it. Just eat your food. Wow. Yeah. Uh... Someone else says, so Diplo can hit, but Pfizer's where you draw the line? Uh, please stop embarrassing South Asians and just sing paper planes. I'm not doing this today. Can you love Vax and 5G at the same time? Wow. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. So. Hmm. Uh, this... Yeah, people people have been very pissed at MIA for daring to speak up. Uh, and she tweets out again later on, Alex Jones lying and Pfizer lying both trending. One with penalty, other without. If you have no critical thinking faculty, this is about as crazy as we should get before nuclear war wipe out the human race. He's very obsessed with nuclear war lately. Well, I mean, born in a nuclear power, that'll happen. Because then on the 13th, she tweets out, it's 2022. So far, no one has ever paid a billion dollars for lying or being in denial on this planet. And then she tweets out WMDs and 2008 financial crash. Mm. Interesting to see a celebrity talking this feverishly about that kind of stuff. Oh, my God. And then there's anti-radiation drugs for nuclear war scares about to hit the market. Don't forget to subscribe. So I went to the I went to the early life section here. Apparently in childhood she attended Catholic convent schools. The Holy Family Covenant in Jaffna. And it looks like that was where. Let's see. Uh, but that's yeah, that's Yeah, it's in well, India. How about that? Oh, rather Sri Lanka, holy <laughs> shit. Oh yeah, no no no. Don't most most, most geographically educated. Don't get Latino those here. You will, you will get fucking killed. Yeah, yeah, probably actually. <laughs> born in London. What the fuck was she doing going to a Catholic school in Sri Lanka? I didn't even know they have Catholic schools in Sri Lanka. I didn't know that either. Very interesting. No fucking muzzies. What the fuck? I thought they were as well. Let me see what the. Yeah, so um, seventy percent of the Sri Lankan religious demographic is is Buddhism. About 13% is Hinduism, 10% Islam, and 7.4% Christianity. That's, that's actually learn a higher percentage than I would have thought, honestly. Yeah, same here. Uh, I, I learned today that Croatia is like 87% Catholic. That sounds about right, because I think for some odd reason, I feel like in that region, there's kind of a big to-do about uh, the Muzzies, the Catholics, and the uh, Orthodox over there. Orthodox. Orthofag, right, right, right. 
Yeah, I, it's just, it, it's, it's strange because you think those places and you either think Muslim or Orthodox because Serbia is like Orthodox. That's, yeah, that's, that sounds about right there. Yeah. Serbia. Yeah, let's see Serbia. You know, Serbia, where Tupac is hiding. I thought he was hiding in Cuba. No, no, no. He's hiding in, he's hiding in, have you never seen that actually? No, I have the, no idea what you're referring to. Serbia Strong? Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna pull that up. Oh, great. Uh, Serbia Strong. So we're gonna listen to that real quick. Uh, <laughs> and the story behind this is like three guys sitting in a field in the middle of Serbian in the middle of like the war back there in the 90s and they just have like uh fuck what's that called it's not an accordion it's like the smaller one that you push like that uh i, I think i know what you're talking about i don't know what they're called exactly but i i know what you're talking about they're they're smaller i don't think there's pirate, pirate accordion we're gonna find that uh concertina yeah concertina or do they have an actual accordion? Let me see if I can find the video video. Uh Yeah, okay. So I, I know what you're talking about now. I just I just Googled it. I'm trying to find Serbia Strong Original, so let's see. <laughs> it's such a weird video, dude. <laughs> From Bihak to Petrovaktan. Yeah, there's one guy playing the trumpet, one guy playing the accordion, and one guy just singing in the middle of a field. The entire Serbian land attacked. This is sick, bro. Hey, they're not... Oh my god, dude! It's, it, this is one of the weirdest. The, that entire region has a very weird history. Did you ever hear about how uh, a guy getting something shoved up his ass helped start the war? No. So, um, I don't remember the exact ethnicity of the guy, but this was when it was all still Yugoslavia, and the Soviets okay. were trying to keep the area together. And this one guy... Gets found unconscious in a field with, I think, a bottle shoved up his ass. Oh, my God. And all the signs pointed to he did it to himself. But it's Yugoslavia. So he has to lie and say that a bunch of different ethnics that were having tension within the area ambushed him and sodomized him with a bottle. And this led to, like, really high tensions that did not help what would happen once Yugoslavia collapsed and the Balkans just would erupt into fucking race war. As always, 
all the bad things in the world start because of a sodomite bottle. Yeah, let's see. Balkan bottle incident. Uh, the Jorge Martinovich was a Serbian farmer from Kosovo who was at the center of the notorious incident in May 1985 when he was treated for injuries caused by the insertion of a bottle into his anus. The Martinovich affair, as it became known, turned into a cause celebre in Serbian politics. Although the facts of the incident remain in dispute for years afterwards, it played a significant role in worsening ethnic tensions between Kosovo Serbs and Albanian population. <laughs> so, there was partially a war here because some dude shoved the bottle up his own ass. That's crazy. You gotta think, like, how many wars were started in history because of stupid shit like this? Like the Trojan War, you're gonna you're gonna go and kill an entire fucking nation because they stole your bitch. What a bunch of simps! I know, dude. What a fuck? Ain't no pussy that good. Oh god, go war over? Um, nah, no. Nah. No, there's no no pussy is that good, dude. No pussy. On Just May first, five. George Martinovich, a 56-year-old resident of the Kosovo town of Gid... I, I can't even say that. G-N-J-I-L-A-N-E. Where's the vowels when you Gnjalene arrived at the local... Let's see how the fuck you pronounce that. Gnjalene? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no actual way to say it on here. Of course not. Uh, but it... Oh, my God. So let's see. Arrived at the hospital with a broken bottle wedged in his rectum, he claimed to have been attacked by two Albanian men while he was working in his field. After being interrogated by the Yugoslav People's Army Colonel, Martinovich reportedly admitted that his injuries had been self-inflicted in a botched attempt at masturbation. Public investigators reported that the prosecutors made a written conclusion from which it appears the wound performed as an act of self-satisfaction in the field. Blah, 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 blah. And then the case was met with a flood of nationalist and anti-Albanian sentiments in the Serbian press. Uh, Anti-Albanian sentiment or statements, aka just being a normal person. This was in itself a significant development. The Yugoslav government had for many years made open nationalism a taboo subject. And Yugoslav media outlets have previously systemically downplayed ethno-nationalism. The collapse of this taboo in the coverage of the Martinovich case heralded the growth of nationalism that was led to the country's collapse in 19... 19- that was to lead to the country's collapse in 1991. Uh, so what the fuck is this? The incident was widely compared with the Ottoman use of impalement as a means of torture and execution. Wild. This link was explicitly made in poetry commemorating the incident, which invoked the Ottoman themes, for instance. With a broken bottle on a stake, as through through a lamb, but alive, they went through Dorde Martinovich. As if it was their first and heavy steps into the future field they treaded, when out of the opium and pain, Georgia Martinovich came round as if from long past Turkish times he woke up on a stake. Wild. So you got this 56-year-old who's fucking jerking off in a field by shoving bottles up his ass. And then it leads to a fucking poem about getting sodomized. And then it helps lead to a fucking war. Let's be honest. It's not like they needed, you know, a, a guy sticking a bottle in his ass to start a fight. I, I mean, like these guys have hated each other for a good long time, but 
sounds like these guys hey. just it's a solid excuse though it's a solid excuse they have but at the same time it's like do you really want to pin that as your reason I don't know sodomize my countrymen I'll sodomize your country all that kind of shit I guess but okay okay true true <laughs> uh still I don't know man I don't know it is very strange and it's just it's so weird to look back at that story and laugh because a lot of people died in that war yeah the, that's, the that's actually true the genocide didn't actually happen but it was still a bloody fucking war Okay, what else we got? So, what about the 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 e girl glowing psyop? Have you seen that? Oh God, yeah, I have. Oh, well, man. what's your this, on that? I th- I think it's I think it's absolutely fucking insane for one, but like, I I just I can't imagine. Are people actually simping hardcore over this, or is is this just like a joke? You know what I mean. You know, so every jest has a little bit of truth in it. Right. I would blow her fucking back out. That's all I'm going to say. Jay, <laughs> please. <laughs> have, have sta- I, am, I am begging you. <laughs> have standards. Have you seen her? <laughs> that is beyond standards, man. That is a fucking dime right there. She's fucking insane. If, if we take yes. all to be true. Okay, for, for the record, do you think the army of all people can actually make such an effective psyop? Um, I don't know. I'd say, I, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't see why not. Uh, granted, you know, the majority of the things regarding, I guess if you want to call it psyop or just impact on the culture, I mean, it's perfectly acceptable for them to go into school lunch. You know, like for example, when I was going to high school, we had quite a few, we had the Marine Corps come in on a handful of occasions. The Army came in. Um, not the Air Force or the Navy, but mostly those two. And it was well, just no, perfectly the Navy, going on, the Navy was going down to the YMCA to recruit. Probably. Probably. Definitely their time is better spent down that in that area. But um, I, guess, I guess my point being, at least if I remember correctly, people have been posting all of this stuff on Twitter it was like it was like her TikTok videos, right? I mean, yes. With all of these TikTok videos just being around, I mean, like, what's the demographic of TikTok? Like, what's the age demographics? It's got to be majority of them being incredibly young, minors, right? Like, so, yeah, like children up to early thirties. Yeah, I mean, if and if if that's the if if that's the majority demographic, I don't I don't see why uh, it wouldn't be at the very least effective to help paint the u.s military in a more positive light by having you know attractive chicks posting all yeah, kinds every, of everyone uniform thirst i mean come on let everyone knows that if you sign up for a combat position you're not going to see an attractive girl you don't need to be in the military to know this like fair if they're doing yes. i like everybody knows the idf doesn't actually have hot women in combat roles mm-hmm. they blow that up to bolster recruitment. But at the same time, if you want to move to Israel or you want to live in Israel, they have conscription. It's mandatory. <laughs> so you have to join anyways. Right. So the goal is like, oh, what? Get like American teenage Jews to go to Israel. But it's like, 
it's, I don't think it's an effective psyop. Like, it's just got dudes jerking off to IDF chicks. And then, like, in this case, everyone fucking knows. They're like, okay, you join the army. The only woman you're going to see is either, like, fucking busted and likes dick or is a raging bull dyke. I was I was just going to say the same thing. Just raging. You know, and, and either, I mean, supposedly this chick works what? She works in... Um... Some kind of like I, literally, the, literally the psyop division. Is is that real? I thought that was just like a regular role. I thought she worked in some kind of like whether it was like communications or signal or something like that. No, she works in psychological operations. Wow, <laughs> that's what kind of makes me think this isn't like this isn't anything other than just a general PR uh, power move because there's there's no way that this would happen. That they would that they would allow this kind of, um, this kind of flagrant, if you want to refer to it as a psyop. There's no way that they would have let that happen. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they totally no, would I, do it. No, I think you're right. I think this is a PR campaign. Yeah. Like at best, who's getting psyop like this? Like everybody on Twitter that's been posting about her is like it's pretty much a like counter psyop. Because if you say that you fuck her, even though you know she's a psyop, you're ruining the entire thing. Like, like, take for example, because using women to convince people to do things is not new. Uh, the the Nazis had a brothel full of prostitute spies to like extrapolate information about allegiance from high ranking officials and allies. I mean, so, ideal. That's that's the ideal thing to do. Yeah, and they had like they had every room bugged. All of the women were trained in, like, extracting information. Mm-hmm. They had a whole basement just recording every single room. That works, because nobody knows that these women are anything but high-class prostitutes. Mm-hmm. But having a woman post videos of herself in uniform, what is what is this actually going to achieve? She's not going to psyop anybody. Because what, the, what the fuck is the psyop here? Exactly, exactly. I mean, realistically... I mean, we already kind of talked about the demographic of TikTok in terms of age, right? So it's probably just a bunch of teenagers with hormones pumping through their bodies and can't keep it in their pants. And they're like, I'm going to go join the army and get myself locked into a, what is it, like a four, eight year contract and uh, hopefully meet this chick in the PSYOP division (laughs) and uh, (laughs) unfortunately uh, meet a bunch of busted horn dogs and Raging bull dykes. But come on, man. You were an army brat. You grew up on army bases. You know how it goes for these guys. Like, that that kind of guy was going to enlist anyways. Because they think that a uniform is going to get him pussy. And then they end up getting a stripper pregnant and have a dependipotamus yep. on their yes. ass. Yes. These are, these are very true stereotypes, unfortunately, uh, regarding, the, <laughs> regarding the military. But what I will also say... Is that there's kind of a now now this I I, I suppose this changes I, I've never I've never been in the military as Jay said I'm I was just an army brat but being around that being around that culture being around that demographic for so long um, you kind of get to the understanding that uh, what's what's the phrase um, you know a, a stateside six is a deployment ten or something like that you know um, it's not exactly like you got a whole bunch of choices when you're in the military so you take what you can get and uh, <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 
Yeah, because like, you know, back at the end of high school, I was like really considering joining one of the easy brand, not the army. Like I was thinking like, okay, because I saw, hey, in the Navy, you can get stationed in Japan. Mm-hmm. And what happens if you're a Westerner that gets off the base and goes into town? They love white, quote unquote, white guys there. Uh, you know. Yeah, you're kind of shit out of luck there, buddy, huh? (laughs) Yeah. But so it was like, hey, you know, that could work. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, this is a terrible fucking idea. Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm going to do this. I'm not going to fucking do this. So this is obviously a thing. Like, there are guys out there that are just thinking, like, okay, I can get free college. And then women love a man in uniform. So it's just, it's always, always fucking there. And then they end up with the most depraved stories because... We all we all know a couple of Marines and all that, mm-hmm. and the stories they have of who they fucked. Like, I think it was Jared from Biting the Bullet said that once upon a time his standard was if he couldn't lift her, then it was too heavy. <laughs> and he was very well built at the time. It wasn't like uh, current Jared. It was well, it was fit Jared. So if he couldn't pick her up, then she was too heavy, which really sets a low bar. But hey, nonetheless, I mean, that's a, I don't know, I guess depending on how strong he is, that may or may not have been a good standard, but. Um, that was a very bad standard. Usually, <laughs> usually when, usually when you're that, I mean, you just don't give a shit, right? I mean, you just fuck anything that moves at that point, so. That is sad, dude. That is sad. It's not great. I tell you that much, but. Now, though, the death of prostitution in the West really fucked over the military. I'd imagine that's where a lot of the prostitutes got their cash from was 18-year-old, perpetually horny <laughs> uh, troopers. That makes sense. I mean, fucking imagine. Imagine you have a brothel near a military base. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. all of these young guys that can't get any action, but they got they got a little cash in their pocket. Where the fuck are you going on a Saturday night? Because now it's down nothing to, else to do. Up to find your future wife. Mm-hmm. That's dancing for ones on a pole. <laughs> I would also, I would, I would also say that this is like a very tangential to uh, your point, you know, about the death of prostitution. But uh, probably also, I, I'd, I'd wager, you know, the influx of pornography, internet pornography, probably m- messed with a lot of people's uh, sexual behavior and proclivities as well if we had legal prostitution internet pornography would not be as big an issue as it is right now i don't know i think the damage is already done i think i think um unfortunately not even a prostitute would want to screw your average coomer yeah but i'm saying that if we had legal prostitution for the inter- like before internet porn was a thing oh yeah 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 that's yeah then would the issue would have been solved because like why would you need to jerk off when you go find a cheap whore like you would really have to be a degenerate to be jerking off if pussy was literally just something you could pay for. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Now, as we know from the people who do gooning, there are some people that probably would rather jerk off than pay for pussy, but... Now, remind me again, what the hell is gooning? I feel like Bird told me what it was one time, but I, I don't... Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, we've forget. we've talked about it a couple times in chat. So, 
I'm so glad none of my audience is children. So when you <laughs> At least to your knowledge. According to the statistics. So gooning is extreme cooming. Now, do you know what edging is? Yeah, I'm familiar with edging. Intimately so, familiar with it, by the way. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's, edging, it's edging to the extreme. Okay. I need to get a new fucking mic stand because I keep tapping my fucking head on this little fucking bit here. I got like a little. It's got a dick. It's got a dick for the fucking. <laughs> just so, right? so just for the listeners, by by head, by forehead, he means his nose. He keeps bumping his nose on the microphone stand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when I bought this thing, I was like, oh, a built-in pop filter. That's such a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then I fucking got it. And it's a terrible idea. But yeah, so... Anyways, extreme edging. Yeah, extreme edging. But it's to the point that they are sitting there for hours. It gets to the point where they're not even watching porn anymore. They're hypnotizing mm. themselves, staring at their own dick. And watching it edge. And twitch and shit. And that is, they do that for hours, and that's good. That's just weird, man. Yeah. That's just weird. Yeah. Yes. And this is the exact same kind of person that in two years is going to be a male-to-female tranny. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. And not, and not just that, but probably have, like, the worst case of erectile dysfunction the world has ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even that not is. even blue chew can help that. Not even blue chew can help that. It is insane how someone can jerk themselves off into a point of not getting hardened. Like, how much do you have to do that to to literally override your most base instinct as a man? Just weird. It, it's it's fucking insane. It, it, it is fucking insane. Like just like that infamous tweet. Now for people who do watch porn, what do you think about all day? How do you get to that? I think I'd be thinking about normal shit. Like it's, I don't yeah. know, man. Like it's, it's see, but, and, and here's, here's the other thing. So I guess not to get like super serious or anything like that, but um, I don't know if I've mentioned it on here at least, but being a substance abuse counselor, you know, I kind of, I kind of think about, Obviously, my first instinct is to make fun of these people just relentlessly, right? Because, I mean, these are these are people that have had, at least you would think, numerous options, numerous points in their life where, you know, they could have chosen to do something different, right? They, yeah. could, they could have chosen to be something other than, or they could have chosen to do something other than get addicted to pornography, right? But unfortunately, that's the... That that's what they wind up choosing, you know. On the other end of it, you know, the the memes aside, the haha, you're a coomer jokes aside, like that that's a seriously, that's a problem. Like that is that is a terrible problem. And and not to go on too long of a rant, but you know, I, I kind of think about we're already obviously seeing, you know, you see it in in those different polls and stuff like that, um, about you know the rise in quote like lonely men and things like that. You know, you kind of see the. I guess the impact of it right there. And that's just the social impact in the immediate, like right now, like internet pornography has been around at least in, in its current, um, in its current state for how long, you know, like, I, I mean, I guess since the well, internet technically, but 
Yeah, for um, like in a in a viable form, mm-hmm. probably like streaming on the internet is very new. Mm-hmm. YouTube's been around since two thousand six, so it has to be a little bit younger than YouTube, but not by much. Yeah. So you you think when you think about it like that, those are just the relatively immediate um, impacts socially, and we're just now starting to see the the physical or I guess like the physiological. Um, yeah. Pornhub was launched in May of 2007. Wow. And you even kind of think about back then, like, you know, streaming wasn't what it is today. You know what I mean? Like right like right now, you know, we've got plenty of things like live streaming and and obviously YouTube and other streaming sites and things like that. But even even back during when YouTube was very, very new it still isn't like what it is today where, you know, you had people making entire careers out of being a YouTuber. Now you've got the same exact thing just with pornography or internet porn streaming, all that kind of stuff. It's, I think that unfortunately we're going to see a lot of really terrible things, not to, not to become a Debbie Downer. We've kind of been shooting the shit here, but um, yeah, but no, I I would definitely say all things considered. And, and I guess just to kind of, ham-fistedly round out this topic regarding the you know army check with the psyop thing um you know you're kind of starting to see like somebody thought about that and like hey this would be a great idea not necessarily for for you know things of a sexual nature but this would be great for you know public relations online relations and things like that you know there's you kind of mentioned even before um using women to get men to do things isn't something that's new and oh. stuff like that just proves it, I guess. It is insane. I found so one company owns five very big platforms mm-hmm. and a couple of subsidiaries. So MindGeek owns Brazzers, Pornhub, RedTube, UPorn, and XTube. And then their subsidiaries are Brazzers, which probably has its own subsidiaries, mm-hmm. Digital Playground, Men.com, Mofos, Nutaku, Reality Kings, Sean Cody, Twisties, and WhyNotBuy.com. Mm-hmm. So this one company owns a big chunk of the porn industry. That is fucking disheartening. And at the same time, do you see women are actually more likely than men these days to have porn addictions? I did. I remember, I think we were talking about this in one of the other group chats. We were kind of talking about its impacts and things like that. Um, I'm not, it's, it's been a little bit, so I haven't really uh, remembered a lot of the specific details regarding that, but I I can't say that I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, given that women are the partner choosing sex, you know, of the human race, um, it wasn't surprising to me that men got hit by it first and harder in the beginning. Um, but now that unfortunately, you know, and, and of course, at the end of the day, you know, you get off Twitter, you get off the internet, you go out and you meet people at the end of the day, you're going to meet normal people. Right. I mean, that's just the way that it works. The internet is just a clusterfuck of mentally ill sex pests and insane people. Right. But, um, it doesn't surprise me at all that now we're starting to see that whole, you know, women now getting addicted to porn. And, and what we know about addiction is that regarding any addiction, you know, you take all things the same the only, between two people. And the only differing 
characteristic between the two of them is that one is a female, the other is a male. The female has an easier time getting addicted, will not not stay addicted longer because that that's really neither here nor there. But the intensity of the addiction is much. How do you say? It's much more impactful. It's more severe in women. Yes. Not in a, that's not to say that addiction doesn't harm men. You know, like I remember we were kind of having a separate conversation on the timeline about it. And, you know, of course, you know, men are being, um, men are being crippled, you know, by things like internet Hmm. pornography, especially nowadays. I mean, um, you go up to pretty much, now you wouldn't want to ask this question to anybody on the street, but you go up to any man on the street and ask him if, you know, if and when he was ever introduced to internet porn, a lot of them will say like 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, Same. Yeah, it's it's that's that's the incredibly that's the most common age. And so it should it shouldn't be a surprise that, you know, men kind of have the most experience regarding, you know, addiction and things of that nature regarding this specific process addiction. But, you know, now that women are getting involved in it, because, of course, you know, no woman really wants, you know, a porn addicted Hmm. proverbial crackhead, you know, to, to, to date and, you know, have children with. So. Now women are kind of left with their own devices regarding this, uh, both literally and metaphorically, and yep. it shouldn't be a surprise. I, I think that there will be, I think that it's going to hit women and not in a different way. I mean, you know, addiction affects everybody in different ways, of course, but, um, but in a similar yet, I think there's going to be some key differences between that. But now, now I'm autistically rambling about my profession and. And I guess I guess I should stop. I mean, it, yeah, it, no, it, it's pertinent because it is because it's it's obviously going to have different effects. Like, yes. it, porn is not going to affect a woman in the same way because it her physiological response to arousal is so entirely different to a man's. Mm-hmm. Where a man's dopamine receptors get burnt out, and yeah, he's going to have trouble maintaining a hard on because mm-hmm. his arousal is not there. Yes, a woman who's addicted to porn is not going to have arousal issues. And that's part of the problem mm-hmm. that there's a self, because it all comes down to a self image thing here. This is why autogynophilia becomes a problem for porn addicted men, because there is now an image issue in their head has changed. And in order for any thrill, they want to imagine themselves being degraded like the women they see in porn. Mm. So that's why they end up in this weird transitioning thing, quote unquote. For women, it's not the exact same way because they don't have to imagine themselves being a different gender to get that level of degradation and abuse because it is mm. a very abusive and degrading industry. Like you constantly see stories of yes. how a woman signs up for it and she's practically raped on set. Yep. Uh, it's so it. It's it's easier for a woman to they don't have to get into any weird transgender bullshit. Mm-hmm. But they do start seeing themselves in a different way. And it, it really leads to an even unhealthier view of sex that we see is really having a nasty effect on society. Mm-hmm. Because, like, take it from me, I, my ex-girlfriend, I've said before, had a porn addiction. She paid for OnlyFans, and she would watch porn like five times a day. She wouldn't even masturbate all those times. She just watched it because she enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was like watching television for her. That is, and she did not have healthy sexual views. Uh, it's there's a. I, I apologize. I, so I was looking yeah. up. You kind of mentioned that thing about um, 
about Pornhub launching in 2006. I think recently they just got their Instagram page banned and a bunch of other social media things. But I would encourage mashallah, everybody mashallah. if – What's that? Mashallah. Yes, yes. Mashallah. And um, so there's an Instagram uh, account that if anybody else, is, any of the other listeners are interested in, um, I guess – more information regarding the really, I mean, terrible shit. I mean, you know, being borderline slash all the way raped on set is unfortunately Mm -hmm. a pretty common thing um, for, for what they call like, you know, the male talent and and the females alike. Um, In addition to that, there's also plenty out there on their human trafficking stuff. And so there's Mm -hmm. an, anyways, there's an Instagram page called Exodus cry E X O D-U-S, cry. And uh, I'm sure they're on Twitter and a whole bunch of other, you know, social media um, sites, but they really do a good job of of keeping up to date, but also getting individuals who have been harmed by the industry on their podcasts, on different shows and posting clips of their experiences. Now, of course, all these people are labeled as, you know, Jane or John Doe's, um, Mm. just for the sake of not contributing anymore to the industry. But but also, I mean, really just – it's it's really terrible shit. It's really terrible shit. One of the um, – I think actually one of the – I forget if it was owners, directors, producers, something something of that nature of one of, of a particularly big uh, channel hmm. said that – or site said that all of the things that they did, they, they would they would post these Craigslist ads – asking for a asking for a bikini model and they would fly the person out and all this kind of stuff and and then they would they would coerce them into uh, being videotaped doing you know whether it's doing things to themselves or talking about things that they've done their experiences and things of that nature and then they basically just blackmail them and threaten them and say listen if you don't do this then we are going to post this everywhere online and your family's going to see it, and then we're going to send it to your employer. We're going to send it to your family, your hometown, all this kind of stuff. And I mean, really, it's it's terrible, disgusting stuff. And there was another producer, owner, something uh, that was, I think, on the FBI's most wanted list. Now you take that for you know, however much stock you put in that. Um, but yeah, and then another recently, I, I think, had pled guilty. It's it's terrible things. And and realistically speaking, I think that it helps. You know, we talk about the the addictive aspect of this. I, I think that it helps to understand. You know, because when you're when you're just kind of sitting there, when you're a porn addict, you just kind of don't really care. You know what I mean? You're mm. just kind of cared about you know beating your meat till it's till it looks like ground beef, and that's pretty much it, right? But um, there's plenty other experiences that people have had that go into whatever it is that a person's watching. And some of it is illegal. Some of it's very unethical, immoral, and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things aside. And um, I think that that can help get people to a point where they're willing to accept that, okay, even if things like you know smut magazines aren't air quotes that bad, this is a whole other animal, and it's disgusting, and it's horrible. At the very yeah. least, you can change mindsets regarding that. And um, I think I think with that being said, the more information that gets out there, not to not to get all weird, you know, uh, marketplace of ideas on you. <laughs> but I think that the more information there is out there regarding stuff like this, the more people are 
whether it's talking about it, sharing their own personal experiences and things of that nature, I think the better off um, you kind of have regarding getting out of this stuff. Yeah, no, I agree because here's one place where it actually, it's beneficial to have some people on the left on your side because the progressives have accidentally, once again, reverse engineered healthy sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. And it pointed out that, yes, uh, women are treated very poorly in the porn industry. And this is something that needs to be stopped. Yes. And this is one place where it's actually beneficial. They're completely on the mark. There's no, they're accidentally correct or whatever. No, they're correct. Yes. And then there's even more awful side effects. And then, of course, there are other reasons like masturbation in general is just such a weird, disordered behavior mm-hmm. that it is legitimately better to hire a prostitute than mm-hmm. to jerk off. But, yeah, to have them on our side for once on an important issue can help change the perception of things. Because it is just, it's it's fucking terrible, man. It's fucking terrible. I'm glad that at least no one I know personally has become a coomer. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems most people that I know have sort of outgrown that. But, man, imagine you have someone in your life that is just a addicted to fucking jerking off mm-hmm. it's gotta be a rough one like ooh. just like just like any other addiction you know you wind up you wind up with that like at what point that that same kind of i guess um not so much intent but kind of like that that looking back and saying how the hell did i get here from where i was before and that's also an important question to answer. You know, it's, it's one of the first questions that you kind of ask yourself whenever you're addicted to something, whether it's pornography, gambling, heroin, coke, whatever, um, alcohol. You always wind up asking yourself that question. And that's kind of one of the first questions that you wind up uh, answering, really. And it's, it's kind of ironic. Um, actually, no, I, I shouldn't say one of the first. I misspoke. It's one of the last questions, at least in, you know, whether it's my personal experience, the experience of the people that I work with, it's one of the last questions that you wind up answering. And you would think that, you know, through all of that time, you're asking yourself that question through your, you know, your journey in abstinence or sobriety, whatever you, how it, recovery, however you want to call it, you would think that it's one of the first questions, right? Because you kind of have to understand your why. But, mm. you know, I would also encourage people to understand that, you know, sometimes some people just aren't thinkers and that's okay. You don't need to understand why. You just need to know that it's wrong. You need to know that it's bad. You need to know that it's harming you. It's harming other people in your community, uh, across the globe, something. Like you need to understand that and move forward from it. That's the best yeah. thing that you can do for yourself. Understand the why later. You know, un- you can understand that later. Answer the question. You need to, but answer it later. Right now, Get on the horse and recognize that, I mean, the shit's just terrible for you, you know, and yes, it really like there's, there's just no two ways about it. And the fact that it's just so open and accepted at this point that there's no social stigma left against masturbating because you, you listen to podcasts, you've been seeing since comedy since like the late nineties, like, Oh, jerking off. It's so funny. Ha ha. Right. Like it's really, it's been so normalized and I, I think the danger of it as an addiction is that it is so non-material 
mm-hmm. because you're not going to see any real change in your physical structure. Like if you were an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you're not likely going to go bankrupt like a gambler. Mm-hmm. So it's something they can really hide away and no one is ever going to notice. I might also add into that. You mentioned how it's, it's very non-material. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a process addiction, you know, and, and we kind of talked about the prevalence of it on the internet and also how it's more socially acceptable now that pretty much, I mean, there's, there's no scarcity, you know, at at least with physical addictions, things like heroin and, and a bunch of other opiate fentanyl, all that kind of stuff. There is some element of scarcity involved in that, in, in that, you know, you can't just access it like snap of a finger. You know, you have to go get it or, you know, if you're, if you're somebody that, um, say you run out one day, you start getting the chills, you start going into opiate withdrawals, you recognize that something is wrong with you, right? So it's a little bit easier to recognize. I don't want to say easier because that makes it sound like fentanyl, you know, addiction and recovery is is a cakewalk compared to pornography addiction, but there is that, there is that element of scarcity to it that makes it a little bit easier to recognize I have a problem. There's an issue. This is disorder. This is not good. You don't get such a thing with, uh, you know, pornography. It's at the, I mean, you can get it on a smartphone, a computer, um, a TV. You can get it anywhere. And that's the Mm. scary part of it. It's available at your fingertips. So there is no such thing as scarcity. It's whenever you want it. And so you don't, when you're feeling good about yourself, when you're feeling good and participating in that addiction, you feel good. You're not experiencing any negative consequences of your actions or of this habit. And so you don't necessarily see it as a problem. You know, this is just something I do in my private time. And then I make jokes about it everywhere else. You know, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, Kevin Hart makes jokes about it. You know, uh, um, Dave Chappelle makes jokes about it. All these big league comedians, they make jokes about it. It's all right. Mm -hmm. People are laughing about it. And, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of where it's what it's come down to. If we had I, I if we had fentanyl it. at the same availability as pornography, I don't think anybody would see an issue with with it. No, but a, a lot of people also don't realize that they're doing it in a depressionary cycle mm-hmm. because you know everybody always wants to chase that little bit of dopamine, but if you're in a cycle of depression and you have this little rush of feeling good for a brief second. Cause the male orgasm is a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're writing this out and no, you're, you're eventually just saying there was come on your hand in your stomach and you feel like a loser, but you sort of brush that away because you always feel like a loser. Mm-hmm. So you, you go into the cycle again and then you're depressed. So you don't want to go out and meet anybody. You don't want to do anything. So you just jerk off again and then you feel even more depressed and you jerk off again and then you feel even mm-hmm. more depressed and you keep building on these unhealthy habits. And because it's yes. so available and if you're a, a person who's depressed, chances are you're not doing a lot of work. You don't have a lot of hobbies. You're not leaving mm-hmm. the house a lot. Mm-hmm. So you end up just doing that. And that's really where the, the PIED kicks in when you're someone like that and you're not going out and you're not exercising you're not meeting with people. You're not getting sunlight. You're just in the cycle of, okay, I'm going to do something miserable to make a living. I'm going to go home. I'm going to jerk off. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to jerk off again. I'm going to play even more video games. I'm going to jerk off again. I'm going to go to sleep at three in the morning and I'm going to wake up at six for work again. Just repeat this. That's really how you burn out those dopamine receptors. Not to, not to go back to what I was talking about before Uh, a minute or two. I said that, you know, if we had fentanyl at the same availability as pornography, I don't think we would see an issue with fentanyl. That was, 
I think I might have. Um, I think I might have written a check that my ass couldn't cash there. I, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, nobody's dying because of a pornography overdose. So um, I, I apologize for kind of misspeaking there and, and, and really mischaracterizing my view on that. But um, I definitely I definitely agree now coming coming back to what you were talking about, about the um, the depressive aspect of it and kind of just reinforcing that, you know, this is. I mean, you know, that's the cycle of it. You know, people used to call it like on the, they would call it like post-nut clarity. Like, no, you're not having, you're not having post-nut clarity. You feel like shit for what you're doing. Like Mm -hmm. that's a moment of self-reflection where you kind of realize this is bad, where naturally your body is telling you this is not a good thing. And you're just characterizing it as, oh, I'm thinking clearly because I jerked off. No, that's not what it is. That's your brain telling you that you need to stop this shit. That it's bad something is wrong with this. Um, yeah. And I, I wish no, because, people, I wish people listened to those intuitions a little bit more. And, and I think that things would be a little bit better if people just intuited these things as, Hey, this feels wrong. So I'm just not going to do it. I don't owe anybody an explanation for it. It's just bad. Yeah. Es- especially because that post on clarity, quote unquote, comes after somebody who's so desensitized to just regular porn has to go down the rabbit hole into weirder and weirder shit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're not realizing just how, what, what sort of fucked up thing you just watched. You're realizing what a hopeless loser you are and you don't want to actually come to terms with that. So you just rationalize this. Oh, dude, what was, what was I doing watching that? But you're going to mm-hmm. go back and watch it tomorrow. And the day after that, you're going to keep doing it. Like, this is you telling yourself... I am a loser that needs to change. This is not okay. But that's hard for an addict to come to terms with, obviously. Yes. And especially the, the now we're kind now I'm kind of going to uh, I guess break into a little bit more of a um greater commentary on on our culture and firstly I, I recognize that um I'm not the first person nor the only person to kind of reach this conclusion. You know, there were plenty of people that were much smarter than I am. I ever will be that have already kind of come to this conclusion, but we live in a, we live in a, I was about to say we live in a society and then I was going to become yeah. a fucking meme. But, um, you know, our culture is one where, you know, we have copious amounts of instant gratification. If you're experiencing any difficulty, if you're experiencing any uh, displeasure, any depression, any pain, um, something is something is wrong and uh, we need to, whether it's give you a bunch of pills or, you know, um, whatever the case may be, you know, whether it's medication or uh, people catering to your needs, whatever the case is, you know, not a one person has kind of looked back and said, look, there's a reason why you're experiencing this depression and anxiety. It's because you're, it's because this is your mind telling you that your life fucking sucks right now. And you're not, you're not feeling fulfilled. You're not feeling purposeful in things. You aren't feeling like that you have a purpose. And all of those things change. You know, um, with a lot of my, with a lot of the people that I work with, my clients, they, you know, they, they kind of reach the stabilization period in their recovery when they recognize that they have a purpose that is greater than themselves. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, things start to change for them. They kind of start to recognize, okay, if, if this is going to be my purpose, if this is going to be what I'm going to do, whether it's a job, parenthood, um, fucking anything, really, 
uh, anything that's healthy for you, good for you, they kind of recognize I can't have all of these things. I can't be addicted to pornography. I can't have a gambling problem. I can't have an alcohol or a fentanyl issue. I have to be on my A game. And there's going to be times where I'm not going to be on my A game. And that's okay. I'm human, but I, I can't. All of that stuff is not setting me up for success. And it's not setting me up for a point of, I, I guess, greater chances, really, is, is uh, greater odds at succeeding. Um, this kind of stuff is just, it's obviously not, not fantastic. But like I said, that's, that's kind of a greater commentary on the value that depression and anxiety actually have in your life. That's your, that's your body telling you that you need to get up and you need to go do something. Anxiety is one of those things specifically. You know, you're not just sitting there tapping your, you don't have restless leg syndrome, your legs tapping because you're nervous and you're anxious and you feel like you need to go do something. You've been sitting around for so long. You need to get up and move. You know, people got all, the, yep. all their little fucking Fitbits and their, you know, I know that you have an Apple watch, so I, I don't include you in yeah. this, but, you know, you got yeah, your no, Apple watch. It tells you, oh, I, 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 oh, my watch told me I need to get up and move. I need to get up and stand up and walk around and, and go, you know, walk around my cubicle, my office. You need to get up and you need to get moving regardless. You know, you, you shouldn't need a thing attached to your wrist to tell you that you need to get up and move. That's something that, um, you know, is, is innate to all of us. But now I'm, now I'm getting holier than thou <laughs> but but it, it, it's it's a little necessary because like that is one of the most basic causes of depression that nobody has wanted to talk about for the longest time until yeah people actually got their asses in a gym and fixed things mm -hmm. like the human being was not made to just sit for 12 hours a day and do nothing you've got to get up and move and do something like yes. that's just one of the most basic facts of humanity like that, recently that's, that's there was some recently this is kind of a play into that depression thing that you were that you're talking mm -hmm. about now recently there were some studies that came out that said that serotonin has uh i don't mean to say virtually no link or is not linked but now studies are coming up coming out that are showing that maybe the link between serotonin and happiness or serotonin and depression isn't quite as ironclad as we thought you know that then kind of begs the question why are we you know, shoving all these people on SSRIs and all this kind of, all this other shit. But, you know, it, it kind of begs, okay, then what does, what causes depression? What's the relationship between a depression? Um, the fact that, you know, we experience depression at all is something that, not that we should be thankful for. You know, there are unfortunately, you know, thousands of lives that are, are lost. You know, people take their own lives due to the amount of depression that they're feeling. So in no way saying that we should feel grateful and thankful that we experience depression, but understanding that it ha we have to have a relationship with it. We have to have a relation. What are, what's my mind telling me right now? What are my, I guess my feelings or my emotions telling me right now? And having something, having that relationship with your mind is a significantly healthier one than the one that, you know, one would have with say their medication. Mm. Um, the medication works for a lot of people. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. If you are, if you're listening to this and you're on SSRIs and you're like, I, I feel fine. You know, I, I, you know, depressed or these, these, these medications gave me my life back. I was in a really dark place in my life. I'm if, really if glad that you're still to, here. If you're listening to this and you're on SSRIs, please tell me where you're going before the FBI makes you go there so I can avoid it. Please. Yes. Yes. Right now I'm trying to do the whole, um, you're a nice guy. Don't come to school tomorrow. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but no, no, seriously, like, like 
glad that you're still here. That's wonderful. We need to also examine, you know, our, our lifestyles. We need to examine, you know, our are you are you attending mass? Are, are you are you exercising? Are you spending time with good quality people, uh, supportive people? Are you spending time with your family, both immediate and extended? Are you spending time with other good social, um, you know, mm. social I, I guess engagements? Whether it's friends, going out into the community, um, things things like that are are just as important, if not more important, uh, than just simply taking medication. That's one of the easier things that you can do for most people. And some of the other stuff is a little bit harder, but the payoff that you experience is worth its weight in gold, if not more valuable. Well, you know, go back 600 years. And I don't even want to just put it to, do you think people had time to be depressed if you're mm-hmm. working in the fields from dusk till dawn or dawn till dusk? Yeah, not not the other way around. You're working from sunrise to sundown, and of course, no, you don't have time to be depressed. But even if you did have the time, things were different for these people. Yes, it was a different culture. They obviously were getting their vitamin D and their exercise in, but they also, even though people these days wouldn't want to live as feudal serfs, mm-hmm. these were still people that were living with extended families. You were in communities. You had your religion. You had a nation. You had all these things. But what what is there today? Not a whole lot. And the bare minimum that someone can do is do what the human body was designed to. Move. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just take a walk. Get some sunlight and take a walk. Those are some of the most critical things that people don't do and that they're missing. Like, walk, in, walk a mile. Walk a mile. You'll feel better walking just a mile. In that same vein, all of the things that you kind of mentioned in there, you know, people, all of those things that you mentioned regarding family, job, uh, you know, doing things, exercise, all of those things are, they don't outline your purpose in life, you know, themselves, at least, you know, individually, but those things contribute to your sense of identity and they contribute Mm -hmm. to your sense of purpose. All of those things in in some form or fashion contribute to that. Um, and I think that stuff like that is incredibly important. And, and realistically speaking, we don't really have that right now, you know, um, it's, but which is kind of interesting and I, I guess almost ironic, you know, when you kind of look at it from the standpoint of there's a lot of, you know, people use the term identity politics, people use the, use, um, you know, uh, gender identity theory, identity, th- you know, gender theory, all this other kind of stuff. There's a lot of focus on identity, but it's not it's not holistic and it doesn't really appear to be purposeful or at least meaningful in any way, at least not to me. And I, I, I struggle with that sense of like hollow, that hollowness that's kind of at least seems to be going on right now in our culture. But um, no, I think that, I think that you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to doing the body's most basic tasks as a starting point. It's a great starting point to have. You feel like you're engaging with your environment and the, the other people, things around you. That's very important to your own mindset and your own mood. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go ahead. And, I'm not gonna go and say that you know this is the fix for everybody. If everybody did this, everybody would be happier and nobody would be sad. But I think that it would help a great many people if they kind of under, and 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 again, recognizing. With the caveat that, you know, being online, being perpetually online, you're going to experience these kinds of people in a much higher frequency 
than you would mm-hmm. if you were to go out into public, go out into the gym or go to a restaurant or go see a movie. You're going to see plenty of people that understand these same exact things. I think that unfortunately for the perpetually online, we kind of see this and, and think, oh, the world's ending, the world's doomed, we're all fucked kind of thing. And um, yeah, I, don't, I don't necessarily take that as true. Yeah, go outside, get some sunlight, touch grass, like just tune yourself in with reality. The other thing about exercising is that if you do it properly, you now have a routine. Mm-hmm. Things in your life are changing. You're not staying up late. You're forcing yourself to get more sleep to, to a point that you don't need to force yourself anymore. That Now your sleep schedule's changed. Mm-hmm. You are more active. You have a routine. You're eating properly. So even if the exercise itself doesn't fix your issues, getting a routine together, being in a rhythm of something, feeling like you have some place fixes a lot of issues yes agreed yeah and one last thing to wrap up on i cannot stop watching this video the uh the bear versus the basketball americans i was i was just watching that you sent that to me in a dm (laughs) (laughs) i can never i cannot stop watching this This is so good so polite the bear i know as if, as if he almost had a wallet. He probably left a tip for the cashier, too. <laughs> Damn. It's, it's just insane that a wild animal is more civilized. Crazy. Crazy. I, I just love this video, man, because they just start destroying. And I, I've seen this in person. In seven, I haven't seen them destroying shit. But mm-hmm. I've seen them almost get to the point where it looks like they're ready to just start tearing everything up before they leave the store. Because mm-hmm. they're like yelling at a poor cashier who just put the money that they gave them in the tank and then they're bitching and no, I gave you more. I want my fucking money back. I want my fucking money back. Don't you fucking play with me. I want my money. And it's fuck, man. Give me my Give new me that ports. Day. <laughs> Give me my new ports. Oh, shit. But yeah, we've been going about an hour 13 now. And I got other shit to do today. I'm sure you do too. You're uh, yeah, same here, gonna brother. go spend some time IRL and uh, me as well. So I say let's uh, let's call it here. Uh, you want to plug your Twitter, or do you just not give a shit about that? Um, I, I mean, I guess I can. Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter at Steve De Chile, and um, you'll find a bunch of my schizoid and brain dead takes. I'm not nearly as serious on Twitter as I'm, or as smart as I probably made myself seem. Uh, here it's no you're a pretty big fucking idiot on twitter but that's why yes exactly exactly that's where that's that's what it's for man twitter's twitter's there so that you just act like a fucking idiot the whole time and and exactly so exactly excellent well uh yeah let's call it there later man